0: Welcome to another episode of The Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, join me and my co-host, Alex Ross, as we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss toddler milk regulations, gardening for better health habits, and a wearable device to improve sleep quality. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 44 for the week of August 3rd. I'm Matt Moneypenny. I'm Alex Ross. Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is W two one point zero six X A. Struck by volleyball initial encounter.
1: You know, interestingly enough, this has happened to me
0: probably multiple times. If I knew you,
1: yeah. I, let me see. I think the the craziest time that this happened. Um, you, you remember my boat, right? Yes. Um, and, and how things, could I not? You talk about it every week. Didn't quite go so well. Um, mm-hmm. But I I think I finally had it fixed, and so on Saturday, I took it out, uh, and just for like a quick three-hour tour, and a storm kind of blew in, and I ended up stuck on an island. It it beached itself. Ah. Um, But on this island, there was a volleyball, so here I am, bored, waiting for someone to come rescue me, playing with this volleyball. Uh, You know, so I... Hit it up against a wall, and it hit
0: up against my face. Are you Tom Hanks, by any chance, getting cast away on an island with a volleyball?
1: Uh, No, Tom Hanks is uh, not on Gilligan's Island.
0: Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh. Yes, but,
1: you know, and uh, my friend Wilson was there, and...
0: Things got pretty cool, you became best friends, I grew a beard, Yeah, and the rest is history. Exactly. And with that, let's get right into the news. First up, we have formula companies trying to milk parents for money. Nutrition experts are petitioning for the FDA to establish regulations for labeling products sold as toddler milks or toddler formulas. Child health experts don't recommend serving these products to young children. These milks consist of nonfat dried milk, added sugars like corn syrup solids, and vegetable oil. They contain more sodium and less protein than plain milk, and they can cost four times as much. Current labeling misleads parents to think that they're nutritious and necessary for a young child. The claims on toddler milk packages imply numerous benefits for toddlers' nutrition, cognitive development, and growth, but there's no scientific evidence to support these claims. Consumers often confuse these with infant formula because the packaging is similar, and some mistakenly give these to their infants, which is dangerous.
1: I had never even thought about these products. (laughs) Obviously, well, I'm not a parent, so yeah, i never had a, clearly, a, a child. Clearly, having a child
0: is nowhere on your radar, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> not right this second. So. so I feel like anything with the FDA, I mean, a lot of stuff that's in the food industry is unregulated and they make it sound like it's regulated, but it's really not. Like yeah. back in college, we did, we looked at this, uh, we had tried to help this company out as my marketing capstone project was, which is the last project of my senior year to get my degree right and they were doing this like patch this transdermal patch right so we were trying to figure out what their target market was by doing some focus groups and we asked the focus group whether or not they like the word organic or natural on packaging and a lot of them thought that natural sounded better and organic sounded a little bit more pretentious but the difference is is anything can be labeled nat- natural and then right. anything can be label or things that are labeled organic actually have to abide by like Actual rules. Right. So it's interesting to think, okay, so these marketing ploys take advantage of people. And I think this is kind of one of those uh, similar examples.
1: Though, mm-hmm. so, you know, in terms of like things that are labeled organic, I, this is kind of going off topic a little bit in terms of like regulation. Um, there are a lot of loopholes for a lot of these regulations. For like organic, you can put that a, yeah. a product was organically grown. Yep but not organic Um, because being organic is like a certification process that costs money and you know, it's, it's expensive. And so a lot of people don't want to do it. However, when we're talking about something that is claiming to have health benefits, that's when I kind of flip over to the other side (laughs) and I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, Maybe we should have some kind of rules here. Yeah. There's a potential for that to be abused.
0: Yeah. But also, imagine coming into the world, and the first thing that you have to taste is high-fructose corn syrup. <laughs> That's like really,
1: it'd be everything in the world
0: dry. has high-fructose fr- 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 <laughs> corn syrup. And now you get to try it right out of the gates. Welcome aboard. <laughs> it really wouldn't. It, it'd be kind of a rude wake-up call, but also
1: you, you got to get used to it at some point, right? Never going to be able to There's avoid it There's no way you
0: can barely. avoid it
1: anymore. So Just about. Anything that is sweetened. I'm trying to think of a specific uh, product that I've seen before that might fall into this category of kind of misleading labels. And part of me thinks the reason I can't think of one is because it sits on the shelf right next to the infant formula. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of assume all of it is infant formula. Yeah, same. So if I that think, is the I case.
0: New parents probably think the same way now. And that's the problem.
1: Right. If that is the case, as I'm walking through the store, I'm going to notice now. Uh, but. Yeah, I can understand why that would be an issue.
0: Yeah, so homework for the listeners is go to the grocery store, go to the formula aisle, and see if you can spot a difference between different infant formulas and toddler formulas.
1: Next up, grow into healthy habits. An introductory gardening, nutrition, and health education program was created to improve patient and community health in Vermont. The pilot program is made possible through funding from the University of Vermont Medical Center Foundation. It connects concepts of physical activity, healthy eating, and confidence building over an eight-week period. Participants engage in workshops both at home and in a shared garden space at the Rooftop Gardens at UVM Medical Center's main campus. Designed with the help of a primary care physician, The program aims to teach people how to grow their own food and build the skills and confidence needed to make healthy habit changes. This can lead to significant improvements in long-term health outcomes. I don't know about you, but I am ready to sign up for this program.
0: (laughs) I'm going to move to Vermont (laughs) just for this program, just so I can get some rooftop gardening experience. Well, now Um, I know what
1: the secret is, right? Someone says, how are you always so confident? Well, I have a garden.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On the roof. Um, so this actually has two benefits, right? Now, obviously, it depends where the roof is located, but I, I mean, different, you know, hospitals have different, like, l- floors, and it's a very intricate building. And sometimes if you're in a particular patient room, you can see the roof of a building that's in the same hospital, if that makes sense. So, there's been a lot of research on something that's called biophilic design, right? And it's our, our, Biophilic design is like our natural, like, uh, comfort that comes from things that look like that are related to nature. So, biophilic, right? So, love, biology, nature, right, right? That kind of thing. Um, so a lot of hospitals, a lot of modern hospitals, what they're doing is adding a lot more nature into their, um, campuses. And I think that this could also benefit in that perspective as well. So, you're teaching people to grow their own food and to have a sustainable lifestyle by using soil and all the skills that they're learning, but also it helps the patients. Because they're like, oh, there's a garden over there. That's kind of cool. While well, I'm trying to recover from something that's serious. So there you go.
1: And if there are people gardening, it gives you something to watch. Entertain yourself for a little bit. <laughs> right now, gardening is seeing a huge resurgence with everyone kind of stuck at home. And I guess having the free time, to be able to do some gardening. I know I've had a lot of people ask me you "Know how to set up kind of a very small garden because I've always had a garden. I like my gardens. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think one of the most fun things, and this is kind of off topic, but I wanted to share is planning a theme for your garden. So last year I just did kind of like whatever garden, but this year I decided to only plant weird foods. So all my tomatoes are blue or pink or green and my peppers mm-hmm. are like weird ghost peppers or yellow. Special they don't actually exist. They're invisible. Purple pepper. No, they're real.
0: <laughs> they're spooky. You walk by yeah. them and you just hear.
1: Ooh. Yeah. They're not <laughs> spooky. They're just strange. You know? They're weird <laughs> varieties that are fun colors and whatnot. And that's been a lot of fun. I think next year my goal is to is going to be to plant only foods that can be preserved some way, So things I can freeze, things I can can, um, because I kind of want to try preserving food for the winter. I think it sounds fun. But, you know, apparently there's some good health benefits to that, so I'll I'll keep that in mind next time someone asks me why I'm healthy. I can use the same answer. I have a garden.
0: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, seeing benefits with improved sleep. Can you imagine, Alex? A new wearable device offers light therapy to promote better quality sleep for users. The Irish consumer technology company Sula Health announced Sula Glasses in a new sleep app. The sleep app informs customers of the optimal time to take a light therapy session throughout the day. The glasses simulate the rising and setting of the sun with built-in light therapy electronics that reset the user's circadian rhythm. They're also equipped with artificial light filtering lenses. To help users adjust to night shift work and jet lag, 30-minute light therapy sessions can sync the user's body clocks to their lifestyles. Hmm. Do you have a body clock by any chance?
1: Internally, yes.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, so, circadian rhythms is a big deal for people who work, like, third shift in, like, abnormal times, like nurses, right? So, if uh-huh. if you don't get enough sleep or your sleep schedule isn't like the natural human sleep cycle which is we are you know daytime creatures and we sleep at night we're not really nocturnal i mean we can force ourselves to be nocturnal but right from a biology standpoint no we're not nocturnal animals so uh what happens is 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 your sleep schedule gets messed up and then you're more tired and then you're burnt out in your job and that's not something that we want in our healthcare Mm -hmm. uh staff so These could be kind of interesting to see. I mean, you see just a bunch of nurses at nighttime with these glasses on. They're like, why are you wearing sunglasses at night? You must be pretty sweet. (laughs) You must be a cool cat.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I wear my sunglasses at night. Yes, sir. Uh, Back in my younger years, uh, I worked overnight stock at a local grocery store. And arguably the worst part about every shift was when I would clock out and then walk out the front door and it would be daylight. Because, yes. you know, I just spent all night awake in the dark. I mean, artificial lights inside the store, obviously. And then you come outside and it kind of like resets that clock and says, oh, it's time to be awake. Which I guess was good in terms of, uh, you know, needing to drive home. But in terms of how tired I was, it it didn't work <laughs> because I <laughs> needed to go to sleep. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I would have I would have given this a try. Yeah, I think uh, I mean. I don't know how expensive they are, but they could be kind of cool. They also seem kind of reminiscent of, like, Google Glass, Mm -hmm. which had a lot of controversy. (laughs) Obviously, there's a little bit capabilities here. There's a little bit. I mean, they're not smart glasses, per se, but kind of in a sense they are. But they don't do, like, check your email or make Mm -hmm. a phone call or whatever. But the people that wore those things looked so goofy. It was hilarious. And they always thought they were so sweet. I was like, oh, yeah, dude. I got this band on my face, and it's got a little tiny glass thing, and I can see all sorts of stuff. I'm pretty sweet, huh? And then it's like, Man. I, if I
1: could have afforded a pair, I would have got a pair. Yeah, honestly, you would. <laughs> they called them glass I, holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did have the opportunity to like test a pair for a while. I, I had a friend of mine who owned a pair, and so I tested one, and I thought they were pretty cool. I just think that yeah I think the timing was wrong I think justify the price for Bring them
0: back they probably will be successful I think it just kind of depends on facial recognition technology and if that's going to get banned in the United States because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of controversy surrounding that and I think that if they came out with that now it'd be really controversial because it'd be like okay well then you can just see everybody's faces whatever maybe it's recording it in the background but that's a different story so
1: right yeah well think about it this way uh Arguably one of the most popular phone games to ever be released, Pokemon Go, has an augmented reality mode that could have been done in a Google Google Glass type wearable. There you go. I think think that would have been pretty cool, but, you know, know, (laughs) still would have been hard to justify.
0: What if we just always have virtual reality and, you know, our reality, we just don't like it that much and we just live in a different planet in a virtual world, you know? Yep. Well... Bringing
1: it back around, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope that this glasses company takes a page out of the Google Glass book. Uh, and, you know, Google Glass, man, that's a tough thing to say. Google Glass, when it Google was kind of dying, they made a partnership with Ray-Ban. Basically because they heard all the criticisms that were like, this is ugly. Nobody wants to wear these. So they partnered with a very popular eyeglasses brand, Ray-Ban. To, to make more stylish google glass mm-hmm. ultimately didn't save it but i do hope these glasses are stylish because if they yeah, do provide sweet. these benefits to people who need to work nights like nurses then it'd be nice if they they didn't crash
0: they did look sweet while they're walking down the aisle exactly like yo, know, i'm just resetting my circadian rhythm but i look dope <laughs> <laughs> and with us until our next segment B-R-E-A-C-H, Breach Patrol. It's a breach! All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol, where we talk about the latest breaches all across the world. First up, we have no video marketing for this third-party service. Wow. Promo.com, a video creation platform for businesses, has confirmed a data breach after bad actors posted a database containing... 22 million user records on a hacking form. The company announced that the security incident was linked to one of its third-party service providers. Provo.com completely removed the vulnerable third-party service and hired a cybersecurity firm to help enhance protection and intrusion detection. No financial data was exposed. The compromised data included names, email addresses, IP addresses, approximate locations, gender, and encrypted hash and salted passwords. Delicious. The company encourages users to immediately reset their account passwords along with any accounts that use the same login credentials. I do want to say it is kind of funny that this story says uh it's about a video creation platform and they say bad actors posted database containing <laughs> 22 million users. <laughs> I got to make sure that, you know, when we talk about bad actors, we're not talking about bad actors. We're talking, yeah, we're about, not talking about bad Leonardo actors, Leonardo actors. You Leonardo. know what I mean? <laughs> we're not talking about soap opera actors okay we're talking about hackers
1: <laughs> yep yep bad hackers well bad good hackers actors that do bad things
0: oscars aren't going their way anytime soon
1: they're a good hack that are a good
0: hack. hacker but a bad actor
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i do appreciate that it appears that the passwords are absolutely demolished in this this information they're encrypted they're hashed and they're salted
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like a it's like a package of peanuts how do we even know
1: those are passwords at this point they could have just made something up and claimed that it was passwords what's a
0: salted password i mean oh, i might be a- <laughs> like i might be getting chastised for that but to me it just sounds like a password that has a lot of sodium on it so
1: salting is simply the addition of a unique random string of characters known only to the site to each password before it is hashed Typically, it's placed in front of each password.
0: Why isn't it it called peppered? (laughs) I feel like you're more likely to add pepper. That's like an additional character than salt. You know what I mean? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: All right. Well, I'm changing this officially from salted passwords to peppered passwords because it's got a little bit of alliteration. sounds a little bit nicer. So there you go. From now on, we're going to refer to them as peppered passwords. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, this breach—twenty-two million users. <laughs> it's not a small <laughs> breach by any means, but no, no, it doesn't isn't. seem like that much information was really. I mean, not anything too too bad. Obviously, Obviously it's, you it's a breach but, they want to fix, and yeah.
1: it seems to. Uh, you know, it's it's passwords got out. They seem to be very well protected, and hopefully, mm-hmm. stay that way. I mean, any encryption can be broken, but. Just right depends on uh, if someone has the time to do so,
0: yep, yep, not the worst breach, but a lot of people I mean in terms of information breach, not the worst I mean it's kind of just standard like passwords emails, so reset your password absolutely, uh, and that's about it, you know if you have any you ha- are familiar with promo dot com at all, it's probably likely that you have an account and if you have an account, check to make sure you uh do or do not have an account, and then reset the password if you do, or delete the account if you're not using.
1: Next up, drinking the sorrows away from this breach. Mm, drinking a cold glass of breach. Online alcohol delivery startup Drizzly announced that it was hit by a data breach. A hacker obtained some customer data, including email addresses, birth dates, hash passwords, and some delivery addresses. Drizzly didn't say when the hack occurred or how many accounts were affected. But did advise users to change their passwords. A Drizzly spokesperson said that up to 2.5 million user accounts were affected, and delivery addresses were included in under 2% of the records. The company said that no financial data was stolen, but a listing on the dark web marketplace from a well-known seller of stolen data says otherwise.
0: I didn't even know you could get online delivery from alcohol.
1: Uh, Yeah, probably not anywhere around us. That sounds like uh, a
0: really, really hard thing to like. I mean, it sounds like a good idea in concept, but, like, in reality, there's so many regulations, it sounds like it's nearly impossible. It's
1: hard enough to get a license to just sell alcohol in a single place, let alone all over the entire city.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Though, I suppose if there was a time to do it right now, is it?
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, apparently apparently not, because you're going to get hacked.
1: Well, (laughs) (laughs) if you do decide to do it, make sure you take your cybersecurity safe, uh, your cybersecurity (laughs) seriously. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm sure that after this breach occurred, the cybersecurity team uh, placed their own order through the yeah, app. Yeah, they're like, I need a drink. Good <laughs>
0: thing we are working with an online alcohol delivery startup. So, you know, we're good. We're covered. Except don't forget about the risk to paper records, too. CVS Pharmacy reported vandalism at stores that resulted in the loss of some patient information. The HHS, or the Department of Health and Human Services, Breach Patrol, oh, shout out, says that the incident affected 21,289 people. The missing information included paper prescriptions, filled prescriptions that had been held in pharmacy waiting bins, and vaccine consent forms. Affected data includes names, dates, addresses, medication names, and prescriber information. CVS Pharmacy has notified impacted patients. The company hasn't received reports of any evidence that patient information was misused. It's in the process of considering whether additional safeguards are necessary to further enhance protection of patients' personal health information. And my, my answer to that uh, is yes. I think additional safeguards are necessary to further enhance protection of patients' health information.
1: Right. Just um, if you have a password on your online database, you probably want to lock up paper copies of things. Right. Instead of just apparently leaving them out for fans yeah. to. To get the good side is I doubt I doubt that these vandals were in there looking for PHI to take.
0: Are you sure about that? Who PHI knows? is highly sought after,
1: but it says vandalism. Yeah, it's true. That reported that resulted but in loss. It not could necessarily be,
0: that it was stolen. It could be vandalism. is in, like let's find their prescriptions so that we can try to sell them on the streets, or it could be vandalism in the sense that it's hacking. No, I think it's probably the first one. Because it's so specific to prescriptions Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Vaccines, prescriptions in waiting bins, filled prescriptions that they could refill, things like that. So it's probably something like that. And the reality is, as a pharmacy, that's something that they have to look out for is people who want to get access to people who have prescriptions just so that they can get a hold of the drugs and sell them on the streets.
1: That makes sense to me. I mean, it doesn't. Don't do that.
0: But <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, don't do that. Your pharmacy, though, as part of your closing uh, routine every night, you should probably take things like prescriptions and lock them up. You know, even if you just have a file cabinet, and you take the whole basket that they're in and just put it in the top drawer and lock it, that's better than just leaving it sitting on the counter.
0: Yep, agreed.
1: And that's it for this week's wrap up of your weekly healthcare news. I am Alex Ross.
0: I'm Matt Moneypenny.
1: And we'll see you next week. Next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Bandage. This week's episode was written and produced by eTactics. eTactics is a leading revenue cycle solutions organization committed to providing innovative, web based solutions that improve our clients' cash management and customer relationships. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.